Good morning. How are y'all? Yeah, I don't know about y'all, but um, school is done at my house. So that just means I can breathe a little bit easier. I'm pretty excited about that. Hey, we are in the last week of the Road to Freedom series, and we have been studying the book of Galatians. And we are going to talk about um, what happens when we, as members of the body of Christ, when we see a fellow believer and um, they are caught in, a, in sin or, or they have something weighing them down, what is our response supposed to be? How do we, how do we react to that? Um, the good news is it, it looks nothing like that and there's no Bible throwing. Um, but you know, it's really funny. A lot of times in the church, what you see is when someone you love is sinning, we have this tendency to either just pretend like you don't see it or you see it and you just think to yourself, whew, I am glad I, I sin, but I don't sin like them. I'm so glad I'm not them. Like we have this judgmental attitude. Well, Paul has got exact instructions for us today that we're gonna look at. And before we do, let me just open us up in a word of prayer. Lord, I just, um, man, I just thank you for this time for us to come, for us to hear your word. And Holy Spirit, I would just ask that you would just open our ears and our hearts for the message and the word that you have for each one of us here. God, we love you. Thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, the good thing about the Bible is, is it kind of flows. And so let me just back you up and just let you know what happened in last week when James taught in Galatians 5. We talked about um, you have two different choices of the ways you can live. You can live by your fleshly desires, the things that you want to do, or you can live by the Holy Spirit and keep in step with him and follow his leading. And so in Galatians 5, Paul is saying, listen, don't follow your flesh, follow the Holy Spirit. And so the very end of Galatians 5, this is what Paul writes. He says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. And it's really interesting because he wants us to know, listen, keep in step with the Spirit, but don't you dare start envying people or provoking people or becoming conceited. And here's why, because this is what he's about to tell us. And there it is. He's about to say this, brothers, if someone is caught in sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently, but watch yourself or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions and then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to anybody else for each one should carry his own load. Okay, let's walk through that because this is pretty exciting information. So when Paul starts out brothers, he means brothers and sisters. He says, if someone's caught in sin, I, I wanna talk about what that looks like. This is if you know someone and you have to, this whole chapter six, like when I was studying, this is one big advertisement for the reason it's really great to be in some sort of community group or small group with people. And here's why, because you have to know people really well and know how they are to really even know if they're caught in sin or for them to be able to feel free enough to say, hey, I'm trapped in this. And this whole idea about being caught in sin, it's really just about when you notice in someone, all of a sudden there's this new pattern. There's this new upper hand that they can't overcome without any, somebody else's help. It's just too much. He's saying, listen, if someone is caught in sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. Now, there is this thing in me, and it might be in you, that when I see that phrase spiritual, I just want to think, oh, he means, you know, someone like James. He doesn't mean me. 
here's what he means. If you're in Christ Jesus, that's you. If you're in Christ Jesus, that's you. So if you're in Christ Jesus and you know a brother or sister of Christ who somehow it literally is like they started doing something and before they know it, they're in this heap of sin, you need to go to them because you're in Christ Jesus and you need to restore him gently. Restore her gently. Now this word restore, it is really great. It means to put in order and it's actually a Greek medical term and it means uh, for setting a fracture or a dislocated bone. Now, when you and I go to the doctor, if we have to get a fracture set or we have a dislocated bone, it, it kind of hurts. And sometimes when we step out and we go to somebody, it may not go over 100% well and it may be hurtful and painful for them. But he's saying, listen, you who are in Christ, you go to your brother and sister who are caught in sin and you help them get back in order, get back in order within themselves and with a relationship with God. And I want you to do it gently. And that literally just means out of the knowledge that there's really no sin that I can't commit. Because sometimes when we know something about somebody, we want to go, oh, I thought I was bad. Whew, thank goodness I know them. There's somebody worse. Like we want to be judgmental. And he's saying, no, no. If you go to somebody with this attitude that you could never do that sin, there's no restoring that's going to be going on. It's just going to be destroying that's going on. This is what Martin Luther says. I love this. He kind of reworded this and paraphrased this. And he says this, Brethren, if any man be overtaken with a fault, do not aggravate his grief. Do not scold him. Do not condemn him. But lift him up and gently restore his faith. Then he goes on. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So this whole idea, since we're... Church of, church of, this is the whole body of believers and we're followers of Jesus Christ. It's this idea that we have this mindset, I'm supposed to help other people carry their burdens. And here's what I need you to know. See, when I thought of the word burden, I just thought, oh, problem. I need to help them with their problem. Well, in the Greek, this word burden, it literally means like a boulder, like something so heavy, it's never meant to be carried alone. So when we meet a brother or sister who's caught in a sin and they need our help to help carry this burden until they can get out of it, this is what it means. And the reason we're going to carry this burden is because we want to fulfill the law of Christ. And it's in Leviticus, it's in the New Testament, and in uh, the Gospels. And Paul, in fact, Galatians 5.14, he writes what this is. When we talk about fulfilling the law of Christ, it's simply this. It's the entire law is summed up in one command, and it's love your neighbor as yourself. So I'm going to help somebody carry something because they're my neighbor and I'm their neighbor. I, I was praying about our time this morning and I said, Lord, who, who does this well that I know? And I don't know about you, but the Lord has just, in the way that he does, he, all of my friends are just way better than me. And that's intentional, I know, on his part, because they help me become better. And my friend Kim, the one he was bringing to mind, he brought a specific story to mind, um, she's just really good at knowing how to carry people's burdens that are around her. Because again, you're not carrying someone's burden you don't know because you don't know them usually. It's the ones that we do life with. 
Well, about five years ago, there is a group of churches that have joined together here in Cartersville, and they go at least once a year to an island in the Caribbean called St. Vincent Island. And Kim began to go because she has a heart for women's Bible study. And so over the past five years, she has become friends with Carol, who is a pastor's wife. When she went last year and she came back at the end of June, she learned something about Carol. You see, Carol had a burden. See, Carol had this enlarged uterus, and it was causing her to be very, very sick. And she had no way to get help on her island, and if she could get to another island, she had no way to pay for the help. So it was making it really hard for her to share the Word of God and teach it to these women. So Kim came home because she understands that when you have a burden, it's not meant to be carried alone. So she gathers around Carol, and she starts getting her friends that love Jesus involved. She gets some people here to help donate money so that Carol can be in the hospital. She has a doctor who signs on and does the surgery for free, gets her the medication she needs to heal. So in October of last year, she flies Carol up here. She has the surgery, stays in the hospital, which Kim made sure it was all covered. And then Kim takes her home after she's released from the hospital and takes care of her for 10 days. And then she puts her on a plane and sends her back home because Kim knows what it means to carry each other's burdens because she's thinking, I'm a neighbor to somebody. And Carol was somebody she was a neighbor to. Then he goes on. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Here's what Paul's saying. If you are so busy thinking you're important, there's no way you're going to have a servant's heart to look around and see who needs help carrying a burden. Who needs help? Who can't get out of their sin because they're just caught in it and they need someone to come alongside them and help them get out of it. But if you're so busy thinking you're great, man, you're never going to have eyes to see. And here's the reality. I know that when people are carrying burdens, you don't physically see them carrying this boulder around. But if you look and you listen to the Holy Spirit that we're trying to keep in step with, He will point out to you, hey, you know what, something's not right with them. You need to ask about that. He seemed a little off today. You might need to look into that. And I love this verse right here. In the lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. If I esteem you above me and you esteem me above you, a marvelous thing happens. We have a community where everyone is looked up to and no one is looked down on because we are the body of Christ and we just love one another. And when we remember that, we want to have a correct perspective on this because we, we want to operate out of the way we want to be treated. And then he goes on. He says, each one should test his own actions and then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to anyone else. For each one should carry his own load. Now, when he's talking about testing his own actions, here's what he means. Look at your life. Does your life reflect that you're being obedient to the word of God? Do your actions look like you are following the example of Jesus Christ? Because if they do, then you need to take pride in that. Not in yourself, but you know, man, 
apart from the Holy Spirit, I could never do this. And look, look, Jesus, we're doing this together. You're empowering me to understand your word, and you're empowering me to walk it out. And I love that. I love this verse in Proverbs 14, 14. It says this, a good man is satisfied with the fruit of his ways. And isn't that true? That when you know you are living right, you are doing the things that God calls you to do, you just are satisfied. Because here's what I know to be true. It does not matter how much or how little anyone else around me sins. Jesus is my standard, not anybody else. His word, his example, that is my standard. So then Paul says, but listen, for each one's gonna carry their own load. Now, this word load, it means something pretty unique to me. It actually means a backpack. So let me tell you what this backpack represents. This backpack, it represents my difficulties, my opportunities, my weaknesses, and my gifts. This is my load. Daily, this is my load to bear. This is my responsibility for God. Each one of you has a load. You may not physically know you have a load, but you got one there. And we're responsible to God because we love him to, to carry it in a way that pleases him. So let me tell you how this looks. Um, two of my loads. I am a wife. I am a mom. So for example, like since I'm a mom, you, you can't come into my house and start being the mom of my kids. But you might could help me pick them up from school one day. Back in January, my husband had a, a torn Achilles tendon. And so um, he had surgery, and like a week after surgery, his leg that he'd had surgery on, it began to hurt. But what was weird was it was not his incision that was hurting. It was the side where his ankle was. And right about his ankle, it kind of began to begin like this red-purplish look. So it hurt on Tuesday, hurt on Wednesday. He said, if it doesn't feel better, I am going to the doctor on Thursday which let me know it really hurt because we don't ever go to the doctor unless we're about dead at our house. And so Thursday comes around, he goes to the doctor and his doctor says, listen, I think this is a bacterial infection, which if you don't know, is a kind of big deal. So I was like, he comes home and I'm like, okay, what did he say? He said, well, I have this. I go, that's a big deal. And he said, well, he's given me, we had some oral antibiotics. And I was like, okay. So it's still growing. We wake up Friday, it looks like it's growing. So Friday afternoon, the doctor's like, listen, if it looks like it's getting worse, we'll put him in the hospital and get him an antibiotic through an IV on Saturday. So on Friday night, I said, okay, hold on, give me your leg. So I, sometimes this is probably hard to believe, but I can be dramatic. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to make sure this doesn't happen. So I, I took this Sharpie marker and I outlined the exact outline of where this weird thing was growing up his leg. So that when I woke up on Saturday, if it had passed the line, I would clearly be able to see it, right? And then he wouldn't say, you're being ridiculous, which sometimes is said. So I, we get up Saturday morning and sure enough, it's growing. And so we are heading to the hospital. I am crying, just so you know, because here's what I want you to know. Like I knew God was with me. But I still was scared because thanks to Google, I knew all about bacterial infections. <laughs> in fact, we were like, like, you know how they have like levels of drugs? We were like in the medium level. And so we were headed towards the top level. And my problem was this, if this top tier drug does not work, I don't know what our other options are. We had an infectious disease doctor filled it. Just, it was just crazy. So here I am, I have my load, right? And I'm taken to the hospital. But here's what I need to know is that I have people in my life that I do, do life with. We don't call us small group. We call us a supper club because we just do. And so, but we get together and we pray for one another and we love each other. And so I text my supper club, my friends. 
And I said, hey, this is what's going on. Because one of the things that John Piper says is one way you can define a burden is if it's something that steals your joy. And I was scared for my husband. My joy was gone. So I called them, and they immediately just gathered around me. And all of a sudden, this burden didn't feel so heavy. Can we come get your kids? Can we bring you dinner? Do you need to feed your dog? What can we do to help? So all of a sudden, I may have been in that hospital, and when we woke up, woke up Sunday morning, y'all, that thing was still growing. But I wasn't so scared. Because I had people that were helping me carry my burden. They all had their own load. But they were carrying my burden. And it was not so heavy then. Let's keep going. So in verse 6, he writes this. Anyone who receives instruction the word must share all good things with his instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows, and the one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. And the one who sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So when he starts out here and he says, anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his instructors, let me tell you what's going on in Galatia. What was happening was these people were meeting Christ. They were becoming Christians. And then the teachers in the church there, they were feeding them. They were teaching them. They were showing them what this looks like. Here's what the word of God, here's how you do, here's what the word of God says. And so while this is going on, um, what was the problem was is these Galatians, they were coming, but they were not sharing with the teachers. See, the teachers would get up here and they would share their gift of what they learned from God and their teaching, but when the people would come, they would not support the ministry financially. He was like, hey, hey, wait, wait. Like you and I would not send our kids to school and let someone teach them and not expect for them to get paid. Although on some days I feel like they don't, but like we wouldn't expect that. And Paul's saying, don't come and be a consumer. This is not you giving money because it's a payment. This is you sharing. They are sharing their gifts with you and you share your financial gifts with them. Because you know what the coolest thing um, about being a part of a church like this is that every week I get the opportunity that I can give. And in those moments, what what walks through my heart is this. I get to partner with the Lord God Almighty with what he is doing through this church and the community. He could have chosen anybody. But he gives me money and my husband money so that we can partner with what's going on in this church and the community. And it is so cool to get to partner with God in that way. And he goes on here. He says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows, and the one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. And the one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. I love this one. See, Paul is sharing this great agricultural principle, and he's saying this. If you plant corn, tomatoes aren't going to grow. And if you plant beans, wheat's not going to come up. Whatever you sow, that's what you reap. 
And back in chapter five in Galatians, he was saying, hey, don't follow your spiritual, your your fleshy desires, follow the Holy Spirit. And again, he's saying, listen, every day you and I, it's a whole big season of sowing. We get to get up and we get to decide what are we gonna sow to? Are we gonna sow to our flesh? Are we gonna sow to the Holy Spirit? And Paul's saying, listen, if you sow to please your sinful nature, I just need to tell you, you're gonna reap destruction every time. Because sin always makes things fall apart. Like for example, if you sow lies, what's gonna happen in that relationship is it's gonna, you're gonna break fellowship and it's gonna break down, it's gonna get destroyed. If you're somebody who um, sows jealousy, what you're gonna reap is bitterness because you're so bitter that they got that opportunity, they got the guy, they get to go and do this. Because every day we get to sow and we get to choose what we sow in. And what I love is when we sow to the Spirit, we keep in step to the Spirit, we will reap eternal life. Not just then, but here. Because here's the deal. When you sow to the Spirit, he just told us in Galatians 5 what the Spirit produces and the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. And he's saying, listen, You cannot fool God. Don't think you can slip one over on him. You may be fooling all the people in your world, but here's the deal. God knows what you're sowing and there will be a reaping. So you think you're getting away with stuff, but eventually there's gonna be a time to reap. One thing that Andy Stanley says, and this is, I've never forgotten this. This is years ago. He says, in this principle of sowing and reaping, when it comes to sowing and reaping, when you sow, You always reap later, and you will always reap greater. So if you're sowing to your sin, man, you're just going to reap later and reap destruction later. But if you're sowing to the Spirit, you're going to reap life. And it is just going to be just full of blessings for you. It doesn't mean it's going to be hard. It's just going to mean it's going to be totally different than the destruction you'd be walking through with sin. Then he goes on. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Here's the deal. If I'm a farmer, if I go outside one day and I plant wheat, I plant all these rows of wheat, when next morning when I go out there and I don't see anything has grown, I don't go, oh man, the seeds didn't work. I gotta go buy better ones. I don't think that, right? Because here's what I know. And your kids know if they've been in any kind of little science class in elementary school, like your little seeds, they go dormant and they kind of germinate, right? And here's the deal. He's saying, listen, when you are out there sowing to the spirit, man, don't give up. Because here's what I'm telling you. Something is going on in the spirit realm you may not can see. So don't grow weary. Because there are some things that we sow to that we can see responses right away. But there are some things, it is gonna be on the other side. But either way, he is saying, do not give up. This is a great verse for marriages. This is a great verse for parenting. This is a great verse for students. Like this is just a great verse. 
And if you don't have people in your life, like a small group that can keep reminding you, don't give up, don't give up, don't give up. It seems like God is nowhere. It seems like he's left you high and dry. It seems like he is far from you. It seems like he's not talking to you. Do not give up. Just keep sowing to the spirit. Keep sowing to what God has called you to do. And he says, listen, as we have the opportunity, and some of you need to hear this, you're not meant to call to save the world. See, that's Jesus's job. But as God brings people across your path, that's your opportunity. He said, let us do good. And that do is just, not just in words, but in deed. Whatever that looks like, especially to those who belong to family believers. See, we're going to love everybody because we belong to Jesus. But man, we're family here. We're going to love family because that's what family does. So here's the deal. So Paul is saying this to us. He says, hey, you guys, be cubed. You're a burden bearer. Be a burden bearer. That's what you're supposed to be. And here's the first reason why. I want to make sure you know this. Because we're going to fulfill the law of Christ. We're going to love other people like we love ourselves. And the question isn't, who is my neighbor? It is, to whom can I be a neighbor? To whom can I be a neighbor? The next thing is this. Your past does not disqualify you. Somebody needs to hear that today. Because listen, if you're somebody who was once maybe addicted to a substance or pornography and you somehow managed to get free of that with the help of God and probably people praying for you, because I'm telling you, those kind of things, those are not alone burdens. And then you meet up with some guy and, you, and he shares with you, hey, I'm struggling with this. There may be this thing that says, oh gosh, if I tell him, he won't think I'm as amazing as I am because then he'll know that I struggle with that. I'm saying to you, don't listen to that. Don't live in shame. You share because a lot of times our past qualifies us. Who better to help somebody out of a drinking problem than somebody who's already walked out of it and just cleaned their hands of it, right? If somebody has a burden and they lost a child, who better to walk through that with them than somebody who's lost a child? Things that have happened in our past, God can use them. And I love this verse right here. This is from 2 Corinthians. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves receive from God. See, it's God's economy. As God comforts me and he gets me through that situation, then it allows me to comfort someone else who's in that next situation. And it just recycles. It just recycles. And here's the third thing. If we are going to be burden bearers, it's gonna cost. I think this is the biggest holdup for us as a church. Not every time, most of the time, being a burden bearer, it is just messy. It is messy. Um, it's emotionally draining. Um, it, it can be financially draining. In fact, you might even can lose a relationship over it. Because you could go to someone and they get angry and say, you don't even know what you're talking about. And that's it. That's it what the friendship is. That ends it. But I love this quote from Helen Keller, and she says this, walking with a friend in the dark is better than walking alone in the light. And I think that's true. Because I think at the end of our life, we look back. And if we just lived it for us, yeah, that's so small. But when we multiply what God is doing in our hearts and we use it for other people's good, it is just unbelievable how God can use us in ways we never imagined. 
Because here's what I know about this whole reaping and sowing. And we got to remember this. The harvest is greater than the cost of the seed. So sometimes it may be messy. Sometimes you're going to have to share things from your past you're not proud of. Sometimes you may have to be a neighbor to someone you don't want to be a neighbor to. But you've got to remember the cost, what the, what the harvest brings in, the value of the harvest is greater than the cost of the seed. Now, I don't know about y'all, but um, I've been married a couple years. And so several times through our years, it just seemed like there was, um, all of a sudden we would wake up and then there were all these friends that we knew and they were all getting divorced. Um, and so me being the really secure person would call Glenn and be like, hey, um, are we okay? Is there anything you should tell me? Or, because I would, and he's like, no, Susie, we are okay. That is them. That is not us, you know. And I would always call him at lunch. Um, my husband has a restaurant. So who comes to lunch, right? How busy could he be then at noon? So that's when I usually call him with any kind of crises that I have. Oh, it's noon. Perfect. Who could be in your drive-thru? So um, no one's there then. So I would get all whatever, you know. And so I, I remember um, during one of these seasons, this has been a little while back, um, we had some friends where, in this case, the husband made a bad choice. And I want you to know, we have lived long enough to know that um, we've had wives that made a bad choice. And I just want to say in marriage, it is an equal opportunity for everyone to make bad choices. So, but in this case, it was the husband. And um, you need to know this about me. Um, if you are my good friend, I am so happy when good things happen for you. And when bad things happen, like I'm really sad. Like that's a big deal to me. But if you're my good friend and you do stupid stuff... I just get mad and want to punch you. And I don't know why that is. And I thought back and I, you know, when I worked at the store uh, and I worked a lot with our high schoolers at night, because they're, to be honest, they're super fun. I love them. And um, I would remember every once in a while, someone would come in and they would tell me about a decision they made over the weekend. And I would just be so mad. I'll come home fired up. And I was like, Susie, we cannot change the decision they made. All we can do is love them and support them through the decision. But I said, I know, but see, here's my problem. See, I've already been a teenager. So I already knew all of the fallout that was going to come from that decision. And it, I just loved that person so much. I just wanted the best for them. So it just like hurt me. Just, ah, I just kind of wanted to shake them, which I did not. And I wanted to say, what were you thinking? You know what I mean? So my friend of the couple, the wife, she, she calls me and lets me know what's going on. And so, I, got, I don't know, a couple days, whatever, a little bit after that, um, we had been invited to a birthday party for their child. And so, like, I'm going to go because that's the right thing to do. And I'm, I love my friend who's the wife, and I mostly want to punch my friend who's the husband, but I still love him, like we both do, both as me and Glenn. So it's a Saturday. We, we go to their house, whatever, to go to the party, and we pull up by the curb, and my daughter says, hey, can I, can I run in there? And I go, yeah, yeah, because I, I know where we're going. I see the door. I said, sure, you can run in there. I'll be there in just a minute. So I call Glenn on a Saturday. It's noon. How busy could he be? And um, I said, hey, listen, um, I don't think I can do this. He said, what are you talking about? I said, well, and before I tell you this, I should tell you, I really have never experienced this before this time or after this time, which is really a relief. But I said, um, I've just been thinking about this, and this is a birthday party, so there's probably going to be a birthday cake which means there's gonna be like plastic forks. And I just feel like I wanna really hurt him with a plastic fork and kind of poke him really hard. And I said, I just feel like that's not what God would want me to do. And so Glenn is laughing because he's like, I'm not joking and he knows I'm not. And he said, um, you know what, babe? I, I think that's probably not what God wants you to do either. Um, I said, 
I know what I'm supposed to do. See, I knew Galatians 6 and I wasn't studying it. I know he's my friend. I'm supposed to help them. I'm supposed to be loving. I'm supposed to not act like I could never do that because truly that's not true. I'm capable of any kind of sin. And I know that right now, sitting in front of all of y'all. But here's what I knew. I have gone to meetings and events and all I had to control my body was this. I've never gone someplace where I had to control all of me. I just thought, man, I, what if I start punching him and they call the cops? Like, this is just not, I mean, I, I really have never felt like I could do that like I did it in this, in this Saturday. So he said, listen, it's gonna be okay. I'm gonna pray for you. It's gonna be okay. Call me when you get out. Okay, so one of the things that we always tell little five-year-olds, especially little boys when they're like in a classroom and they're always touching each other, is we say, when they are touching each other and they don't stop, we tell them to put their hands in their pockets and it really cuts down on stuff. So I'm walking to the party with my hands in my pockets because I'm thinking, this is gonna keep me away from stuff. And um, I see my, my friend who's the husband and I'm standing there and he, he makes his way over to me. And, and again, like in my heart, I am here, what God wants me to be is there and there's this huge chasm. And I'm just like, man. So he just starts small talking with me. And then let me tell you what I said next to him after we kind of finished the cordial, how's the weather? I said, I know that Glenn can't be here today because he's at work, but I need to make sure that you know something. We love you and you are our friend no matter what. And he shook his head. I said, no, no, no. Do you know that it's true? Because we mean that. He said, no, I, I know that's true. And then I said, listen, I have no idea how to carry this. I don't know how to do this at all. Glenn doesn't either. But here's what we're telling you. Man, whatever it costs, whatever time that you need from us, whatever it requires, I want you to know, we will help you carry this burden. And I want you to know we mean that. I said, do you know that we mean that? because I'm serious as a heart attack. He said, I know that you mean that. Went through the rest of the party, didn't harm anyone. Got out to my car and I remember I sat down and I went, oh, because let me tell you what happened that I did not know was gonna happen and it's gonna happen for y'all too. And it's this right here, that when I choose to be a burden bearer and the Holy Spirit is in me, helps me walk it out, Every time there's gonna be change in me when I'm obedient to God, every time. And do you know in that moment when instead of just wanting to punch him and say, what in the world were you thinking? The Lord just threw me because he knew I meant it. He just spoke love to our friend. Hey, we're not judging you. We still love you. And in that moment, do you know what happened? There was a harvest in me. I didn't even anticipate that. And here's what I wanna encourage you and say, that as you are sowing the seeds of the Spirit, you may not see a lot of stuff produce, but all the while, there's a harvest going on in you. And God is doing these amazing things in your heart and in your character, and He's giving you better vision to see. Because you're choosing to walk in the Holy Spirit and be a burden bearer. I love this quote from A.W. Tozer. It says, God expects from us only what he himself supplied.
So he's calling us to help people that are caught in sin, help them figure out how to get out. People that are just so underneath because their joy has been sucked out. But here's the deal. He doesn't call us to do it alone. He goes with us. And he expects from us only what he himself supplies. Let me pray. God, we love you. It is just amazing to me how much you just love us and you love us and you just equip us. And just so many times we just think, okay, I got to do this thing. And we just forget to factor you in. That you don't want us to do this without you. We need to do this with you. And you want to walk us through it. God, I pray that we would be a church that actively seeks to bear one another's burdens, to bring people who are far, like got caught up in sin, bring them back to the church and to you, that we would not neglect to do good, but we would share what we have because we know it pleases your heart. We love you, Jesus. Amen.